and welcome to A Work in Progress with me, Amy Connolly. This is a podcast all about the highs and lows of business and life and everything in between. We're going to have a variety of guests over the next few episodes. Today, I'm joined by Vanessa Craven, half of Spotlight Oral Care. Oh my God. The last thing I Googled was, how do you know if your puppy loves you? So I just <laughs> I am obsessed. And that is genuinely the last thing I Googled. Why are you feeling neglection vibes from the new puppy no. or are you just not sure? He loves me, but I just want to know more about him. Like I Google everything about him, like how to toilet train him, how to like teach him how to sit. Like, I've him ruined. Like. They've had phenomenal success and have now gone global. So you're so welcome, Vanessa, to a work in progress podcast. I know you're joining us on your own today without your usual tribe um, on behalf of Spotlight Oral Care, which I suppose is an Irish homegrown brand. But I suppose at this stage you could nearly say and global brand. Would I be right to say that? Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> Come back no, to you should. Here. You should own it. <laughs> no, thanks so much for having us in these like uncertain times, as everyone I is know. saying. Um, it's great to be able to record remotely though even if technology does test us at times I know and I'm like the most (laughs) untechnological person so um, I can barely answer a phone like but uh I know it's great (laughs) we're here we are only 30 minutes took us (laughs) or Amy so obviously we're speaking directly with you today but I know that your sister Lisa is also involved in the brand so what's that like I suppose the dynamic firstly of working with family and how did you guys come about Spotlight Oral Care? Yeah I think that um, yeah normally we're normally we're side by side so this quarantine has been a little different yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah I suppose um, myself and Lisa were dentists you know um, we worked in a practice in Galway and I think it was probably about four or five years ago when we initially came up with the concept of spotlight oral care um, I think that there was, you know, a lot of products on the market at the time that were claiming to, you know, whiten people's teeth or, or to benefit people's teeth. And we weren't really seeing anything on the market at the time that we could recommend to our patients that said, look, this could be a nice, affordable way to whiten your teeth in the comfort of your own home. And I suppose yeah. that's how we really developed Spotlight Oral Care. We launched in 2016 in September. So we're kind of coming up now to four years launch, which is mad. Um, but the time just flies, I suppose. And, and obviously we've evolved now from not just being whitening, but also kind of a complete oral care um, company, um, which is exciting. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, the fact that you mentioned there that you started off as dentist, like I know, say, even when I think about myself, when I think about putting something on my teeth, I'd be so conscious of what I'm putting on them. But when you have that credibility as dentist prior to what you produced, I think it you know, it totally adds an entirely different element to the product and the brand, you know, which is great. Um, the fact that you guys are sisters, obviously, you know, you're so used to being so close. What's the dynamic like working with a sister? It's a good question. I always say, <laughs> like, like when and um, that's a question we get asked a lot. Like, you know, some people look say, like it's like if people are twins and you're like, What's it like yeah. having a twin? And you're like, Well, I don't really know any different. Yeah. <laughs> exactly they kind of look at us kind of like slightly oddly um no like the the one thing I would say and I I think I've spoken to you like a few times about this in the past but yeah 
what I always say is the best thing about having a sister as a partner, like you're, you're thicker than even best friends. You're thicker than like blood. Like you're, she's like another part of me. And yeah. like it's always lovely to have that like support and that kind of person to bounce things off. And I think that business can be quite hard and it can be quite, you know, it can be, you make a lot of decisions and you don't know mm. if you're always making the right decision and, and everything's that you're learning every day. So it's, great to have that other person that you kind of completely wholeheartedly trust yeah you can bounce things off you know and I suppose you're you're very honest with each other as well would you be there'd be no no yeah, shyness and saying <laughs> like like the the politeness is well gone um, <laughs> I think that absolutely look like if you can't be honest and I think that's you know to be fair to any business partner I think that most people get to a stage where they have like just complete trust and honesty yeah. and I think that if you don't have that with a business partner you probably shouldn't be in business with them and mm-hmm. I, people often ask me when they're kind of starting out you know should I try and find a business partner or should I go it alone and I'd often say if you have to try and find someone go it alone but if yeah. you have someone that like you would trust wholeheartedly like I think that you have to be very careful as well of who you go into business with because yeah like business isn't like it's it's not all fun and dollies you know there's quite serious (laughs) stressful you know parts yeah really that relationship where you can kind of go from having fun and having the crack to like you know being serious and being actually in the same stressed environment yeah and working well together and, and do you find that the two of you would look after separate areas in the business or do you often cross over and kind of do things together, I suppose? Yeah, that's a really good question. Like we are very much separate entities in the company. Like, okay. and it's, it's funny and we kind of naturally just fell into those areas. Like Lisa would, like she's a real eye for like branding, packaging, design, the look and feel of our website, the look and feel of our social pages, how we're coming okay. across. Are we like ringing true on all fronts? And then yeah. I would look more at like product in terms of the formulations, what we're looking for, what's our key USPs, you know, logistically, operationally, like forecasting products. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's it's actually really separate when you think about it, how we how we've managed to do it thus far. And yeah. we've fallen into those roles. Like she has a natural flair for branding and marketing. And then I have a natural flair for like the really boring stuff. Like Yeah. I was gonna say, I don't think I'd really like to be on your side. So. Yeah, I know. Everyone's like, How did you get that side, Vanessa? because I I actually on one of our most recent guests as well we were talking about logistics and I think it has to be by far the most stressful part of any business and I don't know if you're going to agree yeah like I think it like it's it's definitely the thing that you really really need to plan because like you know you actually need to be able to have quite accurately forecast you know yeah. how many stock what stock you need levels you know and it's funny how because you're gonna get I, it I here to some of my friends and they were you know we were, we were and I I thought I saw you put something up as well but you were like oh thank god Christmas design is done and it was like January or February <laughs> and like, you really need to plan that far out in advance and like and I'll hold my hand up and say you know this year is the first year that we're actually organized it's actually so ironic we you know, I really hit January hard when we first started the year and I was like KPIs and processes. And I know that might sound so stupid because we're three years in business, but like, honestly, this is the first year that I actually felt organized and felt like a boss. And then coronavirus hit 
So everyone <laughs> <Yeah>. went <laughs> out well, the window, up in the air, <laughs> tossed on its head. <laughs> but no, thankfully, we did get working on Christmas ahead of time this year because I would never do what I did last year. I know. Just and it's, like, it's not worth the stress. Like, no. I, I, I never forget the first year we did. Uh, we did a large rollout of exclusive gifting with Boots um, and yeah. they came in half boxes. And oh, I remember I, them, yeah. I remember chatting to one of the boots team and I said, I never, ever, ever want to see another hot box, like for as long as I do. <laughs> I mean, you've scarred me for hot boxes. And why? Um, did anything happen with it or was it just no, trying to pull it, it all together? Great. It was such a success and I knew you with boots as well. They're fantastic to deal with. Yeah, um, they are. And they were laughing at me, but like, it's just, you know, you, you're, we would nearly, we were in there packing but like the hot boxes yeah. at the end just to kind of get them out you know because the volume is there at Christmas I suppose and it's a real important time of year to kind of you know to get everything in ducks in a row because you know January can be quiet so you really want to just I know yeah it's like a massive peak and then a big drop off a day later um but yeah so I suppose talk us through so you mentioned at the beginning that you guys started a spotlight teeth whitening and now you've progressed into oral care so kind of I suppose give us like a brief chat through how the brand has evolved because I know you know your story is is unbelievably impressive so I think people would be dying to hear about it Oh God, I don't know. But I think that, look, when we started Spotlight Teeth Whitening, when we, we first launched our product, our core teeth whitening product, our teeth whitening strips, um, we really didn't like, and and some people will often say, did you plan, did you plan to, you know, on your vision board or whatnot, did you plan to say, okay, in year two, in year three, in year four, you'll be launching the States or whatnot? And absolutely yeah. not. So like when we launched our first product and it was quite naively, but we really genuinely just launched that product for our customers and our patients in our practice to allow them to have a way of whitening their teeth in the comfort of their own home that was cost efficient and effective like that okay. was kind of the, the as much as we thought about that now it did take us about a year and year and a half to develop it of course yeah I think it was like almost like a what can we offer our patients in our practice that's unique and bespoke um and I think that we were getting so so at the time and we still work as dentists, so we still offer professional teeth whitening, but it's hugely expensive. So like it ranges anything okay. between three and 500 euro, which for 90% of the population, 95% of the population, they don't want to spend that on their teeth, you know, at that time. It's different if you're kind of getting married or, you know, if you're willing to invest that much, but it shouldn't be your only option for a treatment. So that's where we really came back for a, a treatment that was affordable, that was effective, and that you could do in the comfort of your own home. And it was really purely just for our patients at the start. And then it kind of just evolved. Okay. You know, it kind of just snowballed. We launched a website. You know, we, at the time, sent out to some influencers. They started posting about it. Some pharmacies started reaching out. And that's kind of how it evolved. Um, but I think that the, the core and where we started was like a really, really good, solid product. And then kind of go from there. So you started with the teeth whitening strips and then how did you come about launching and expanding into the oral care range? So then I suppose we had the teeth whitening strips um, and we had we had um, stockists. So we had distribution. Yeah. And then we always had ideas. So when I look at oral care um, and prior to this, it's very, very different to beauty and and, and skin care and, uh, and other health care companies. Uh, 
ranges or, or sectors mm-hmm. um and the reason that is is because it's like it's there's really really little innovation in oral care over the last 20 years if you look at oral yeah. care products you actually don't see many new brands merging from an oral care sector yeah that's true and it's like you're three or four big players and then you haven't had that much disruption or innovation um, so when we looked at oral care in general, like, for example, like our toothpaste range, it's the first of its kind that's like 100% recyclable with clinically proven active ingredients. So like mm-hmm. there are huge discrepancies in oral care. For example, like if you look at toothpaste before Spotlight, and this was the reason why we launched the toothpaste range, you could either pick a toothpaste that was free of like SLS and parabens or sulfates, but that didn't contain any clinically proven active ingredients or another option which contained the clinically proven active ingredients your dentist would recommend but had those paraben sulfates or you know triclosans or DAA so that was Am really I right to say that those fancy words are are not good for your teeth yeah so they're not good for your teeth but they're not good for your body like is it okay food, like we're all now having like gluten-free or you know you know but your toothpaste is kind of it was made up of one of the worst types of ingredients you know wow um so that's really why we came up with the the new range so for example if i look at my my toothpaste i want a toothpaste that has my active ingredients but that's free of all the nasties and that's in recyclable factory and 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 that's where that's why so i think the long long way around that's that question is is it's just spotting gaps or deficiencies in your sector and kind of developing products that you feel like is best in class and i'd say now maybe i'm speaking too broadly here but i wouldn't say a lot of people are even aware that those nasties are in their toothpaste so i'd say it was also like an educational thing like even hearing you talk about it there and the passion from the dentistry side of things like that's amazing to hear that number one you spotted it you know the gap analysis and you and um, went forward with the product innovation but even like to educate people on the fact that other brands actually contain those things like I wouldn't have re- really been aware of that prior you know to totally. having known you totally and I think that people are like it's it's funny because I think that that development has been there in skincare and it's in their beauty but it hasn't been there actually in oral care or healthcare products and you assume that your toothpaste will be like you know free of any thing yeah you kind of assume it's going to be clean and white exactly you would you would assume your toothpaste was free of anything that your skincare promotes is free of you know, so your skincare will often promote is free of sulfates or parabens or, you know, whereas your toothpaste might not necessarily be. Um, And it's funny, and we we talk about this in the EU, we're we're actually limited to what we can say we're free of. Mm -hmm. And you probably find that in cosmetics. Yeah. In the US, you can actually promote what you're free of. Okay. So like you're in the US, we can say we're free of parabens, sulfates, DEA, triclosans, which are in 95% of toothpaste, but we can't actually say that on our packaging in the Europe. So it's just wow. slightly different regulations. And yeah, that's in one way to, to protect us, but in another way, we should be aware of what we're putting in our bodies. Yeah, totally. Okay. So obviously the, the product portfolio has massively grown, um, but you kind of briefly touched on there the fact that in year um, four, which you guys are coming up to now, um, year launch into the US. So I suppose like talk us through maybe internationally the growth of the business to date and what kind of changes you've seen or that you've navigated. Yeah, I think that we, so we launched in 2016 and, and we spent 2016, 17 really just in Ireland. Um, and we, yeah. we had launched 
kind of towards the end of 2017 into Norway uh, and some of the Scandinavian countries like Finland um, and then into the UK as well. Um, and then I suppose our biggest growth or progression to date is definitely the launch into US, which has happened this year. Um, and obviously, like the US is like another, you know, whole behemoth. Like it's yeah. it's, it's like a it's a it's an animal in itself. So that's really made us step back. And I suppose that we've had to really set back, like set up an office in the US, hire US employees. Like I have my visa to at some stage spend a lot of time over in the US, if not move there. You know, who knows what's going to happen after wow. COVID, but. Um, and, and I think that's really what it probably takes to do the very least in the US. Okay. It's just such a, it's such a different animal and it's such a different world, how we market over there, how we live, how they engage is so different to how we do it in Ireland and the UK that I think that if you do really want to give it a good stab or a good effort, um, it probably needs a whole team, a whole focus, whole office and one of two of you spending at least 50% of the time over there. Yeah. And will Lisa do equal time with you or have you guys decided that it'll be yourself who will forefront the the US? Yeah. So that's a really good question. I think prior to COVID, it was it was going to be me spending a a lot of time over there, maybe 75 percent, 80 percent of my my time or or month, say. Um, And then Lisa spending probably about a week, a week, a month over there. Okay. Um, funny it's 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 in a one way obviously we were just chatting about like coronavirus and covid before we started recording and we were saying look you know who knows what's going to happen in one way it's you know obviously it's delayed some things it's pushed other things up and it also has made us like very aware that you can do a lot actually online over google hangouts yeah okay google meets and things like that so i still think we'll be definitely spending a significant amount of time over there um at least 50 percent of our kind of our our months say two weeks on maybe two weeks off but maybe we could we could who knows i i, I like is in the plan was for me to move over so yeah see what happens after after all this the dust settles I think um, I think you're right, though. I think, you know, this time of being forced into having to do things online, it does show you how much you actually can do when you are limited. So, you know, like you said, that's been nearly a positive for to show you guys what you might be able to do when you're over there or maybe not having to go over there. Yeah, um, 100%. I think I think it's and it's opened up the 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 world as well in a way because we can all now go on online and, and yeah. buy online and shop online, which is I think it's just going to be more and more and more important in, in two, three, four years. I think I yeah, actually I totally think agree. the whole COVID corona is going to change the way people fundamentally shop. Yeah. You know, so like instead of going into your local uh, shop to buy your beauty products, you are going to be far more likely to buy it online um, yeah. because you've, you'll have gotten into that habit. And then also there'll be like there'll be restrictions in place for indefinitely, you know, mm, um, I so. know it's it's mad. Um, and I suppose on the topic of of coronavirus, you know, we're recording this while we're still going through this pandemic um, and although it's great to be able to record remotely you know it's still very much around us and um, apart from maybe putting the US expansion on pause um, for the moment or delaying it slightly do you feel like it has massively affected the business in other ways and affected be it positive or negative but more so just adapted it 
Yeah, like even, so for example, like with the US, believe it or not, like it really hasn't, it's put me moving there probably on pause, but it hasn't put in terms of like retail rollout on pause, which is exciting. Okay, so that's amazing. We're rolling into, we've we've already launched in Ulta stores and we're launching into CVS in the next couple of weeks. Wow. So that's still going ahead full swing because those stores are, they're, they're open. Yeah, um, okay. I think we're, when I say we're spotlight and sculpted by Amy are, are are fortunate in a way that we're we're stocked, so we're primarily stocked in pharmacies and and then yeah. spotlight stocked in grocery as well, which are still open. Yeah. I definitely think oh it's, it's a huge like there's challenges and there's like you know opportunities in this this kind of time. I think the challenges are like I I I'm kind of cons- we're obviously all working from home in spotlight mm-hmm. and we're so fortunate to have kept everyone you know employed and on staff. Yeah. But I get, I get worried for the girls because, well, I, I refer to them as girls. We have two boys. But like, by <laughs> large, we have like 18 girls. So yeah. I, I get concerned because I'd be nervous. I would be nervous for them. Are they okay at home? Like that social yeah. interaction, you know, are they, you know, I, you know, I think it's different. I think that you can't underestimate, you know, the camaraderie and the support you get from being totally. in the office. Yeah. And sometimes so we always try and set up like calls like regularly throughout the week a couple of times a day every yeah. day so that everyone's in contact but mm-hmm. I'd be concerned like I, I that's definitely something that plays in my mind is everyone minding themselves are they okay you know yeah. we're not seeing them you know I know um, yeah. so that is a huge challenge I think for any for any company yeah yeah or even for any individual you know yeah. who isn't even but like you said you know you always have that extra responsibility as an employer which also I think you know shows your humanity which is which is lovely um so going back to your international expansion so I suppose like this would be one of those big time goals for many businesses and any kind of startup business that are listening to this um I'm sure feel totally in awe of your growth journey in terms of external markets so Looking at somewhere like the US, you know, you'd instantly think, okay, that is such a mammoth, like you've said, and it needs and requires so much funding and other resources, like you've mentioned, in terms of hiring people on the ground and potentially moving yourself. I suppose, how did you guys kind of build yourselves up to take on that challenge? Yeah, like it's funny because when I, when I, so we're launching, you know, we've launched now. So I kind of sometimes look back now from where we came from and, and yeah. like really honest, like we're, we're only, we're only starting. So like come back to me in five years, you know, like, <laughs> like who am I to give advice on the US? Sure. We're not even, we're not even in it a, a minute, like, um, but just I suppose from from the idea of when we the US like was to be totally transparent was always on our minds it was always yeah. one of the big goals because oral care in the US it's 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 huge and like every industry in the US you know but yeah it's just a much bigger, uh, bigger thing in oral care and people minding their teeth like the US are big into their teeth okay. um I think we started planning it probably about two years out. So probably two years from when we launched. And that's not planning in terms of putting finance or money behind that. It's like structuring it. So for example, like simple things like the product we sell in the US, believe it or not, is actually different to the product we sell in Europe. It's okay. different in terms of level of active ingredients. Uh, it's different levels of the the wording, the packaging. It's it's almost like they're two separate companies in a way because okay. it's so different. And that's because 
um, not to be too, you know, get into the weeds of it, but toothpaste in Ireland and Europe is regulated as a cosmetic and toothpaste and oral care uh, in the States is actually regulated as an, as a drug, as an over-the-counter drug. So you're... You would have the same situation in cosmetics where SPF in a cream in in Europe is a cosmetic, whereas in the US it's an OTC so that adds that adds huge uh, regulation like regulatory differences changes timelines fda plants need to be kind of like you need plants that are fda regulated you we need a manufacturer in the u.s um so that does like it did take us about um about two years and then i suppose discussions with retailers in the u.s do take about 18 months you know like like within reason, you know, you could be discussing or chatting to a retailer for a year. So it's not like all of a sudden we met with Ulta, who are the biggest beauty retailer in the US. They have about yes. a thousand stores. And you say, okay, next week we're going in. So, <laughs> you and you pack your sacks like, and you deliver it in yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with your big black bag. <laughs> but it, it does take a while. So that all gives you time, you know, so you go gently by it. You know, you see, it pulls out the interest. You kind of you get your regulatory plants, you know, and your your factories in line, um, and you're still negotiating, and then maybe like six months to launch, you're kind of making product, and you're you're getting your team ready, you're online, and, and all the fulfillment okay. over there. So it is, it's actually really like two separate companies in a wow. way. Yeah. So I suppose like a lot of people um, who maybe have brands or businesses that they're backing themselves and, you know, they want to look and explore export markets. I always find that people have this kind of chicken and egg situation of whether you pitch yourself to a retailer with maybe not having the PR, the support set up in that country, or maybe you try and get your PR and presence up and then you pitch to a retailer. Did you guys find yourself in that kind of situation of deciding what to do first or has it all just flowed into one? No. So that's a really good question. And I think that say, for example, that maybe we'll park the US to the side because I mm-hmm. cannot stress how uh, mammoth that is. And it is yeah. a separate company. But yeah. Say, for example, you're an Irish brand and you're, you're doing really well in Ireland and you want to export to the UK or like the Scandinavian markets or yeah. middle, middle Europe. Um, I always think it's it's it is very much a chicken and an egg situation. So I I've chatted I've chatted to you about this loads. I've chatted to yeah. loads of people about this loads. It is like, do you you need the distribution to sell your product, mm-hmm. but you need PR to distribute your product. Yeah. So it's like if you're going to chat to a retailer who has five hundred doors, you know they'll want a PR marketing plan of how you're going to support their product because unless. And unless you have a really unique product that the, your retailer is dying to get into their hands, which unfortunately yes, is very rare. Wrong, <laughs> um, and like we think our products are fantastic, but they'll still want to be our marketing plan. So it's very rare for them to, you know, that's like a medicinal product, really, that they're looking yeah. for. It's like, yeah. So they will want a PR marketing plan. So I always say start with PR and marketing and you can always start online in companies or countries like that and then mm-hmm. move to retailers. But just be aware, I suppose, obviously that retailer and conversations and Amy, sure you know this better than anyone take what feels like years. Yeah, take a long time. we're actually starting that in terms of my own business into our um, expansion plan into the UK. We had planned to go kind of late last year and we've kind of put on pause on it and we're going for it this year but we are going to start that route of going online first because we have I suppose our own websites or our own channel and connect to the consumer 
sites, even if we're not on UK retail sites and in terms of the big guys that we want to be on, we can still offer the product. So we're going to start our pure journey and then expand into stores at a later stage. Um, hopefully not too later, but just to get the story out there first. So, but I, you know, like that was back and forth for months over what I do first, you know, what's the right thing. And I think there probably is no right thing. You have to decide for yourself, but once you have an avenue to sell to your consumer, it makes it so much easier. Yeah, I think I think what you're doing is spot on because I think that if you're looking at any UK retailer like for Stockton Boots UK, they'll look for sales of what you're doing to exactly. The UK. So yeah. if you say, well, look, I've you know amazing sales in Ireland, they'll say that's fantastic and and uh, uh, but you know, <laughs> and well done. <laughs> now you know what I mean. So it's it is like chicken and egg. So I think you're fantastic, and I think as well like as in people buy online now. You know, like. Yeah. We're so lucky, and I always think, say that, like, I think that when we launched our brands, we kind of launched around, you know, relatively speaking, around the same time, maybe six months mm. a year or whatever. Um, we launched at the, the time where you can buy product online. You yeah. Know? So, like, yeah, your customer amazing. is used to buying online. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's a great idea. And I suppose, like, when people would often, or anyone that I've spoken to anyway, in terms of guests or just through business, you know, people often rave about having certain mentors or certain consultants. Did you guys find that you got any kind of um, amazing advice when you were looking at the different markets or did you guys, you know, maybe visit trade shows or just have meetings internally together and go and find the information? Sure, Amy, you give me great advice. <laughs> You're my mentor. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so now for the US. Oh my God, Josh, you're flying it. Um, I think that like, no, but I'm being serious. So like I, I chat to you a good bit. I chat to other people who are like in our situation because yeah. like, I think that and like- it's so helpful, isn't it? It's really helpful. So we were chatting about trade shows, you know, are you doing Cosmoprof? Oh, I might do Cosmoprof. Yeah. Are you doing ECRM? So yeah, <laughs> I'm chatting there, but so there are trade shows that we did. So we did ECRM, which I think you did. Did you do this year? No, I didn't do in the end. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, we did ECRM. We did, you did Cosmoprof. We were meant to do it this year on your recommendation, but we <laughs> got that in that way. I know. Um, and I think that we, we both did Growing for Growth, which I think is brilliant yeah. uh, from Paula Fitzsimmons. I think that's fantastic. I think it's great just to have people around that are doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, because I think that like, it's tough, like no one knows. And like, you know, sometimes I find that like, you're like, a, I'm like a duck, like it like might look fine from like the head up but like my legs are swinging and like you know okay. and browning. Yeah. um and, and I, I always find that so funny like because obviously I'd come online like on stories a lot you know talking to myself through my phone <laughs> and you know I might have had the most stressful day in the world and I might have actually been sitting on my desk like bloody crying on my own for yeah. half an hour and then you come online and you're like oh yeah I just finished work now I'm gonna go home and make tea <laughs> as if like everything is just so great <laughs> you're like I'm just gonna go to the gym and uh, yeah exactly <laughs> but that's the reality isn't it? you know you do you do carry a lot of stress and it does take work but it does, um, yeah. And I think that's it. Sometimes that's like, you know, that's good to know. I find that sometimes, you know, when you know that, like, uh, you know, some people ask, oh, how are you doing? Sales? I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, you know, we yeah. kind of muddle yeah. through and yeah. you find a way, but like yeah. everyone's a bit stressed. <laughs> yeah. So I suppose on that note of stress and uh, duck flailing legs, um, you know, you don't really get to, I suppose, your stage of growth hitting possibly a few bumps in the road along the way or a few stressful points is there anything in particular that would stick out for you as having been the biggest challenge 
Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I, I've been asked this once or twice before, and I often say, like, it's not, and you probably could agree with me on this, it's never one big, oh my God, this is going to sink us. It's yeah. like continuous, gradual, <laughs> like, rating. You know, that, like, yeah. it's like that continuous knocking. Yeah. Oh, that fell through, and then this fell through, and then your PO and this product stuck on a ship, and yeah, um, you're two weeks late with that order, and you know, so it's kind of more of a, it's more of a kind of, I always say it's like the straw that broke the camel's back. It's like it's continuous little small things. So I yeah. think that's really important to like have a great team around you that like you can laugh with as well, because like sometimes all you can do is laugh. I know. And like you know, and it happens to everyone. You know, like Christmas can be quite a stress period mm. but the last Christmas now it was brilliant because we, we kind of brought some you know we were kind of we were really organized from say January February we were like okay never again are we going to go through the hot box yes <laughs> that's the thing I think you go through it once and then you make yeah. a pact for yourself that that's it yeah um I think COVID can be is probably like a stressful situation I was just kind of you know keeping everyone you know you know making sure everyone's okay I think that's mm-hmm. stressful for the team and they're not with each other and we're not yeah. with each other um but I think it's like the daily grind that can be stressful mm-hmm. yeah no that's fair me anyway um you mentioned they're sitting around and being able to laugh kind of with your team is there any kind of proudest moment in your journey to date and I'm sure you know you have lots of small wins that mean different things on different levels to each of you you know particularly yourself and Lisa but is there anything in particular that would stick out as being a proudest moment mm, I think to date our proudest moment is launching into the States in Ulta and CVS. And I think that's been like, Like, I think that is phenomenal. If I was launching into Ulta, I'd be deceased. I'd be gone. I'd faint. You wouldn't be able to hear from me for a week. I just think it's amazing. You'd be in there next year, Amy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, I think, I think that was, because I think that was a huge, like, I think that the whole team was involved in that. Like, everyone was involved in that you know it was like it was months of negotiation it was like pitching it was like we, we've been over to Chicago where their base is you know three times um so I think that once we had got that over the line and you know a real foothold and distribution in the U.S. I think that was like the proudest moment for the whole team and for me and Lisa as well yeah well that's amazing and I'm I'm not shocked at all that that sticks out as one of one of the proudest um so I suppose in terms of in terms of spotlight oral care, what are the future plans? Like, obviously, I can imagine that, you know, growing the US is in there. Is there any other kind of big, big pillar that stands beside that? Yeah, I think that the biggest challenge and the biggest, I suppose, goal for us in the next year or two would be to establish a strong foothold in the US market mm-hmm. uh, and then continue to establish a foothold in Ireland and then establish a strong foothold in the UK. They're kind of our okay. three big challenges and our big, like, or big goals within the company. Yeah. Um, and then I suppose to, you know, stay, stay sane and be able to laugh as well along the way. I think that's important. <laughs> half joking and half serious I think that like maintaining like good relationships with the people you work with and like being able to like work with people and 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 develop like a really good team and like and I don't mean that in a in a condescending or like a fluffy way I mean that genuinely like getting a a really good team that's good crack that can socialize that can have fun that can stand up for themselves and then launch into these markets and and maintain a strong foothold like that if if we did that we'd be delighted like 
And do you find that you'd need as many resources for a market like, you know, the UK, which is maybe slightly closer to home and more similar consumer wise? Like, would you need, say, a consultant on the ground or have you guys found that you can fairly manage it well between the waters of us and them? Yeah. So we've just taken on our first UK fully based um, member um, okay. but I think to be honest you could probably manage it from here because you're over and back so much like we'd be fine yeah. over and back in the States or the UK um, you could be doing it once a week like or, when, yeah. or hopefully or we won't need visas like, anytime soon exactly oh my god that'd be great but, you know, like definitely I would say one member of our team is probably over in the state or the, in the UK every week okay so like they just fly over and back um so i think you can and i think it's important as well like say for example we set up the office in the u.s and there'll be like five members like five team members there but like Mm -hmm. you know it's it's another situation you can't always have like five people in the uk five people in the u.s like yeah you can can manage the uk i think from ireland yeah and you have to be i suppose realistic about costs and stuff as well and like you also want people working together so you don't want like two here two there two ever yeah 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 that's a good point um so i suppose on a more general note then for anyone listening to this who maybe is looking to take the next step to export their brand or enter new market what would be your one kind of top tip that you would recommend to them as advice I think the biggest tip it would be to really, really, really investigate and research that market. So okay. you feel like you might know the UK. Now I'm sure Amy, you're like you're like an eight you're you're a superstar. So you definitely know the UK. But for example, <laughs> for me, when I knew the UK, I thought you're I knew mad. the UK and I don't know the UK whatsoever. So it's actually we're now in the UK like two and a half through two and a half years, coming up to three wow. years um but like i'm still learning so much about the uk like mm. you feel we feel like and i felt like the uk was really similar to ireland they're actually very very different to irish people yeah the way they shop the way they purchase the way they you know they navigate a website it's actually very different okay. so i think the biggest key if you're going to look at a new area really try and research the area it would be really helpful to like engage with enterprise ireland in the area see if they have any tips like uh, really good pr in the area so we've worked with hannah saunders in the uk since we've launched really so she's been with us since the start and like having that trust and factor in other people in the area who are like living and breathing in the area is really important Mm -hmm. yeah so don't underestimate different regions and their differences okay cool good tip thank you so much um well that was you know an absolute pleasure of a conversation um I think it's amazing to see how far you guys have come and like you said it's only the beginning so I wish you guys the absolute best I always like to finish off our podcast when I say always you know we're still at the early stages but anyway and with the fire round so it's five quick questions and you're going to answer with the first thing that comes into your head and obviously I have not at this prepped you with any questions okay you'll be fine okay so first one if every job was paid the same what would you be and you can't be a dentist oh my god i don't know um (laughs) the panic (laughs) the panic what's been your most stressful piece to date they say me this Uh, (laughs) could i do my job that i'm doing now no you can't be a dentist okay so i can't be a dentist and i can't run spotlight no Okay, um, I would be probably like boring, like an accountant or something, or an actuary. That's what I was going to do. Really? Is that what you're yeah. going to do? I'm actually like, you can kind of tell, but like, I'm obviously into like logistics and forecasting. So like, that's the other part of like what I like to do. Nice. Well, that makes sense. 
Okay, Vanessa, actually. Um, next question. What was the last thing that you Googled? Oh my God. The last thing I Googled was, how do you know if your puppy loves you? So I just <laughs> I am obsessed. And that is genuinely the last thing I Googled. Boy, I, are you I, feeling neglection vibes from the new puppy no. or are you just not sure? He loves me, but I just want to know more about him. Like I Google everything about him, like how to toilet train him, how to like teach him how to sit. Like I've him ruined. Like I won't even let him sleep on his own. Like if he's downstairs and he's whining, I bring him straight up. My oh, that, he's going to be ruined. We need to stop this. That is so funny. Okay. Um, next question. What is your most used emoji? Um, either the love heart or the punch. <laughs> oh nice like, punch like yeah dude we got this yeah exactly um which we the next question we've, we've kind of already slightly touched on but what would be one thing that maybe will take your own bucket list personally rather than on spotlights because you kind of spoke about spotlights future plans so what's one thing that's on your bucket list if you don't mind sharing what's one thing on my bucket list <laughs> that i need to achieve yeah, or maybe that you want to do. It could be an activity. It could be a new, I don't know, skill. Not that you need to add any to your massive attribution. It could be something that you want to achieve. Bucket list. Hmm. Um, what would I like to do? You're like me. I don't have much of a bucket list prepared oh, either. Like Some people are very quick off the bucket list. Some people aren't. Yeah. Getting my dog to love me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> That's my bucket list. Um, I would love to, I think, you know, what I always say is like, you know, obviously came from a dentist background and yeah, you were, you're the same. Well, you actually did business in college, so you're different. Actually, I, I, I take that back, but I didn't yeah, do but business. Ever used it. And I think that's like, I'd love to evolve or to grow into someone who's like really, I don't know what bucket list I'm, I'm making this up in me. I have no idea. Okay. Well, we'll go with something around business and making your dog love you. Yes. Perfect. Nice. That's a great bucket list. <laughs> so the final question is, obviously, this podcast is called A Work in Progress. Um, and that's kind of how I like to finish. So what is your current work in progress? My current? Definitely the US. So without yeah. a of a doubt. It's As I was going to guess. Um, like, I think that, like I said, we we really just started there. So mm-hmm. I think that. I think that's a huge, there's huge opportunity. There's like it, but it's like the biggest challenge that we've had to date. Okay. So that's definitely my work in progress. Okay. Well, the very best of luck to both yourself and your lovely sister, Lisa, who wasn't with us today. Yeah. Thank you so much. Lily. So that's it from today's guest, Vanessa. I think we can all agree that they've had absolute phenomenal success and I wish them the very best of luck in their continuing growth journey. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate or review on your favourite podcast apps and I'll see you next time.